Welcome to House Party, a podcast where home and pop culture collide coming straight to you from the editors of Realtor.com. I'm Natalie Way. And I'm Rachel Stoltz. Flipper Flop is ending. We got some... Crazy. Some big news. Uh, It was very um, out of the blues, dropped by Tarek El Moussa and Christina Hawk. Uh, They both took to their Instagrams this week and said that Flipper Flop is ending, that there's only two more episodes left, and these will be the last two ever. (laughs) Well, I think one now, maybe? I think yeah, now just, it's just one. Yeah, they already did their penultimate. Um, this is very much, you've heard of a soft launch or a soft opening. This was a soft closing. It was. <laughs> I, I. It kind of, yeah, it came out of the blue. It felt like they just sort of quietly announced on Instagram, hey. It was a P.S. <laughs> it was It was a P.S. We're, we're ending our show after 10 years and seasons I, on the air. Kind of um, a big deal. It was by far, like, b- behind... I mean, they existed in the age of Chip and Joanna Gaines and Fixer mm-hmm. Upper on HGTV. So it 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 was not the most successful show, but I'd definitely say it was a close second in terms of just, like, people who knew about their show. And it also kind of... I think it fueled the fire for, like, home flipping and just people's desire to, like, get into the game and seeing, like, wow, this is, this is a profitable industry. Right. I think it fueled the fire... I agree for home flipping. And I think I would argue it kind of started this next stage of renovation shows that focus not just on the flipping, but on the relationship and the personal Mm. lives of the hosts. Because totally, as everybody knows, they ended up divorcing. They've gone on to, you know, have new relationships. They've continued to work together. But I think the thing that people tune into aside from, you know, the beautiful designs and the flips is the like crazy tension that they often have when they're working together. <laughs> yeah. As, as divorcees hosting a TV show together. Yeah. That's, that's worth tuning into. Yeah. I, um, as I told you, I watched the show Unsellable Houses because um, we interviewed the hosts, Lindsay and Leslie, right. on the podcast. And it's funny, in the first season of Unsellable, like, it's very much focused on, like, the formulaic, like, going in, seeing the house, doing the flip, showing the clients. Like, that's, that's you know, there's there's very little, like, person, person like, they're... they're um, their family life and stuff and the second season they really start incorporating that more um and I think yeah I totally agree like they've shown how how invested audiences are in the hosts not only like ability to flip a property but like what they're doing with their kids um projects they're doing around the house things like that and you know people like that the the homey feel from Chip and Joe but what you got from Christina and Tark was fireworks and <laughs> bickering you know, yeah the the te- not not sexy tension like the like oh gosh you feel the the awkwardness in the room yeah like you yeah, could, yeah you could cut it with a knife so um it's interesting that they've decided to go off the air with this show because they just signed a multi-year contract I believe with HGTV to stay on because they each have their own individual shows. Christina has Christina on the coast. Tarek has Flipping 101. So mm-hmm. they're not going off of our screens anytime soon, but we won't be necessarily seeing them together unless they decide to do a have crossover like, event. 
one big yeah reunion event i actually i told you i watched flipping 101 yeah you binged the entire I bin- series i accidentally all 10 binged years. it <laughs> no flipping 101 not flip oh okay i'm sorry <laughs> Tarek's like, new show that's a lot I, I know you're a new mom but that's a lot um, no, I had it on like a couple weekends ago and we just kept going through. And my husband, of course, rolling his eyes. He's like, these guys, like this guy, come on, <laughs> you know, because Tark is such a character, like rolling up in his Tesla SUV. Like, <laughs> That's so funny because when you were out, Jillian and I recapped Flipping 101 and I, it was the first time I'd seen it mm-hmm. and I was surprised at how much I liked it. And I, I was surprised mostly at how much I liked Tarek because I thought interesting Tarek would actually strike me as more of a Orange County slime ball, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> just to be completely honest. But he didn't. I actually, uh, I enjoyed him more than I, much more than I thought I would. Even with the Tesla SUV, he was still. May not have seen that episode. Enjoyable. <laughs> I'll get no, back to you. I think, I mean, when it comes down to it, like he's good at flipping. He's a good real estate agent. He knows what people want. Um, so it makes sense for him to have this show. And I don't know if he's going to do 10 seasons of it. Like they do flip, flip or flop. But I think, um, I don't know. It's, it's interesting to tune into and just have it on in the background. I haven't seen Christine on the coast. I don't know if I can bring myself... <laughs> Although I am kind of interested because I do have friends that live in that area. So uh-huh. um, I- I'm kind of interested to see like where she goes because I-, I used to live in that area too. Uh, right. So maybe I'll watch it just to be like, oh, she goes to like this park or this, like this shopping mall. I don't know. I think I don't know. I don't even know what it's about. <laughs> Jillian, who lives in Orange County, that was what she said the big draw was, was just seeing a bunch of houses and streets that she already knew where they were. So, mm. and I can attest to that, you know, being from Nashville and seeing Paige Turner's flip or flop Nashville or, you know, other mm. renovation shows that take place there. There's, there's Wasn't the marriage or mortgage, interest. the marriage or mortgage. That was, yeah. The Netflix series. The Netflix that was series. In Nashville. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, there is some local interest there, but that's, it's fair. I'm sure they're not, they're not like, oh, we really need Rachel Stoltz to watch this. <laughs> um, I was, wait, one more thing about Flip or Flop. I was, um, we, we did a piece on this on Realtor.com News and Insights. And I was interested to find that they actually only had one documented flop on the show. Oh. It happened in season three. Uh, this is the only documented flop. And we do... Um, you know, clarify that there were a lot of properties on the show where the house was still like on the market. Like it wasn't a a definite like flop or not. Like Like it it hadn't sold by airtime. Yeah. Like it hadn't sold by airtime. Um, we're still waiting to see, but this was the only one that they were on the air with that said, um, it was a flop that, that that the flippers put in more money than they got. Um, but that's still interesting, right? Like, it's a pretty good track record. Yeah, although the conspiracy theorist in me wonders how many others did they film that were flops that they chose not to air. That would be crazy if they like filmed an episode and then just like like spent all that money to film it and then didn't air it. Would they it do would that? It would be crazy, but you know, I 
crazier things have happened. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. All that behind the scenes magic. Yeah. As Natalie mentioned, we do have a story up and we'll link to it in the show notes so you guys can check it out. But it's taking a look back at Tarek and Christina's biggest flips, flops and memorable moments in the past 10 years. So, yeah, like their most profitable flip was $241,000 profit. That's pretty good. Well, uh, the end of another show, but there's a relatively new show on HGTV right now with a entirely different formula than flip or flop. (laughs) And that is bargain block. Mm -hmm. And we have the hosts of bargain block with us today, Keith Bynum and Evan Thomas. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. And not only are they on bargain block, they're also on this recent season of rock the block. Yes, they're they're competing for the ultimate prize of hanging out with Ty Pennington all day. <laughs> <every> day. <laughs> That's the prize. Did you Nothing else. Ty, did you see Ty's back at it again with a goofy video? Yes. <laughs> how could I? How could I not share that with you? It was, uh, <laughs> you know, give him a song and he's going to do a dance. He is. He just continues without to his make clothes on. <laughs> I know. I'm here was for he, it. Was he clothes clothesless in this video? He was topless. Oh yes, yes, yes. He's he's enjoying showing off the uh, the old bod, and I was just distracted know? by his hair, by his crazy hair. <laughs> More power to him. I am so glad he's having fun. This is uh, he seems like he's on the right of his life right now. So truly, but anyway. We're here to talk about our upcoming conversation with Evan and Keith. We're excited to talk to them because, like Rachel said, they have a very different type of show than Flipper Flop or Fixer Upper. Um, They are fixing up homes on Bargain Block. Mm -hmm. Uh, They mainly operate in Detroit, exclusively operate in Detroit, right? Right. They're not from Detroit. They are, they moved there after meeting in Colorado, um, just a lovely couple and they Mm -hmm. moved to Detroit because they felt like it was the best market for them to put their talents to use and offer up homes to buyers in not that like flip or flop bracket. So they buy homes for about four or $5,000 each, usually teardowns or abandoned homes. And then they flip them and sell them sometimes for around 70 or Mm 90,000. So, I mean, we're talking really nice homes that you can get for under $100,000. Yeah. Um, And most of them are like have the appearance of like a custom home because they are so talented. Like they really put art into everything they do. Right. They want each home that they design to have like a cool um, statement wall or like a table that they've built that has like a really cool, intricate design. Mm-hmm. Um, so the house countertops buy... with, with Keith's own, uh, <laughs> elixir. What do you call it? It's like, I don't know. It's a glaze. It's a glaze. He puts on countertops and he won't tell you the secret recipe, but he's got oh it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So it's like, they're really just like carving their own path with their mm-hmm. show, um, and doing their own thing. And, um, so I can't wait to talk to them about their inspiration and their approach to design and, and all of that. And you get to hear that right now. Yeah, absolutely. So 
keep listening and enjoy the interview with Keith and Evan. All right. So we're here with Keith Bynum and Evan Thomas. They're stars of their own HGTV show, Bargain Block, and they're currently competing on Rock the Block. You guys, thank you for having us, or thank you for joining us. Thank you for having yes. us with thank you. Thank you for having us. <laughs> oh, yeah. We should be thanking you. <laughs> You're we're all having each other. <laughs> um, I'm just really excited to talk to you guys because we've been having so much fun uh, watching this season of Rock the Block. And um, how has that been for you guys to see it actually, like after all this hard work that you've put in, how, how is it to actually see yourselves uh, competing on TV? Well, Evan has yet to actually sit down. He just kind of paces around when it's on. Like, I can't get him <laughs> is it stressful? Watch. Oh my it God, I can imagine. So. It, I find it stressful. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, I mean, the whole experience was, was overall like pretty fun, actually. Like yeah, we yeah. had a good time, oh, although the judgings were kind of like, just like they were stressful and like, so it's hard to like relive those moments. <laughs> um, we were both those like, not to brag, but we were like the A plus students in school. So when somebody tells you that you don't do well at something, it's like a dagger to the heart. It's just really, I mean, I'm sure it's hard, obviously being judged for your work is not a fun thing. We are lucky that rock the block is on the scale of competition shows. Like it's relatively mild in terms of how like hard they read you. Um, So it was, it wasn't so bad, but you know, it was, that definitely was the hardest part of the whole experience and reliving that on television is not always the most fun thing ever well the episode that just aired was the hardest of all the episodes for us the way we took that loss really really hard the 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 main bedroom and bathroom Mm -hmm. we had poured our heart and soul into that space and we had spent our biggest portion of the budget there and you know it was really tough i will tell you this is probably an overshare but it was so hard because they broke it down into the top two. And I was standing there for a split second. I was like, all right, we're all right, in it. Okay, at least we're in the top two. <laughs> oh. And then we didn't even make top two. And I was just, my heart just broke. I just, part of me is still devastated from it. Actually, I'm weeping a little bit right now. <laughs> but it, it was, that was the hardest. That sounds so dramatic. I like no, this. I mean, yeah. I can. I thought you were in the top two, too, to be honest. I yeah. Really did. Because of your shower. <laughs> because of that that amazing tile shower that and I the shower. feature wall which was and the f- oh phenomenal yeah the sales um, you know to be fair to evan i'll tell you and for yeah it's just um he told me that we needed to do more on the closet and i said no i said no <laughs> people won't care because the bathroom is spectacular and i said they will care and it was really <laughs> sad because it was really hard for him i think i took the loss even harder because I knew it was really me that messed that up and, oh. and it was really tough. Cause I was like, you know, like I really, uh, to be fair, I really, I have no clothes. I don't like clothes. <laughs> I don't own clothes. <laughs> They're in a box somewhere. And I travel with a black plastic bag when I go anywhere. So <laughs> it's just not for me. And I really thought I was like, there is so much poured into the rest of that. I really was hoping that we would be good. And it, it, I think I took the, the, the loss hurt. And then it was a double, double hurt because I knew if I had to listen to Evan more, we probably would have won it, you know? Yeah. I mean, if it makes you feel any better, I'm a short, I'm a shorty, I'm five, three, and they were giving 
accolades to all the other teams for building up to the ceiling and they dinged you guys for not doing so. And I was like, how are you, how the hell are you going to get up there? Like, yeah. That seems like and those were 10 problems. Yeah. And I was like, Rachel, people get step, step ladders, but also like good point. Like uh, it was I, like, maybe they're just being practical. Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was practical. I honestly, I thought it was more practical to not spend the money there because it's such a waste. It's, again, with 10 foot ceilings. Now, yeah. Looking back, probably another moment where, you know, once somebody on Twitter screams about it, it's like, oh, duh, I should have done that. So yeah. <laughs> please send oh, more hate on Twitter. Have you, <laughs> Monday morning quarterback, you, know. have yeah. you guys been getting, like, have you been logging on to Twitter and seeing people's critique of your space? Or like, have you, or do you just like block that out? Like, no, is okay, it, this is probably, I don't look. I, I wouldn't, I would not look. I would I, be I, like, no. I, I can't help it. I love yeah. it. I love the good. I love the bad. Okay. I love it all. I don't know why. Probably that's probably really narcissistic of me. No, no, no. It's I it's like good. To, I think it's you like really, feedback. It's good feedback, right? Like I'm trying to hone my craft, and I'm. This isn't my background. Design isn't my background. I have a business degree. I'm an MBA. Like this isn't my life. I but it I is have, now. <laughs> I mean, it is now. I mean, it is my passion. It is what I get up and live and breathe. I think that's clear. <laughs> um, but it was that was an opportunity of a lifetime to be able to do something like this in this in with this audience. I mean, this is a dream beyond a dream for me. Like literally, yeah. I, I stapled strips of canvas to a wall, and it's on HGTV, and people are like freaking out. Like I no, I it's. It's kind of, we were talking about that too, how it's kind of like you guys have come on the show in addition to like being really fierce competitors, you get to show what you can do and you're like flexing your design muscles and flexing your art. Like Mm -hmm. you don't have a design background. No, no, I have a, or, or an art background. No, I tried art classes in early college and it was a bunch of very strange people. I thought, (laughs) but you're the artistic one. Like, where does that come from? Yeah. Yeah, How are you so good with your hands? I loved art from a really young age and my parents put me in piano instead. But so. he also <laughs> liked business. So yeah, yeah I love business more. I feel like Keith has these two competing like yes. parts of his brain where he loves the artistic yes. stuff, but then he also loves like the challenge of like building a business. And so all these two things kind of have combined. I think that's our the current business, which we're leaning into the art stuff more now as we're trying to build our brand and build our business. Because (laughs) that really is what makes us different is how much art focused we are. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But this is the perfect, I mean, real estate is the perfect medium to be able to bring our creations to life. Like, I mean, I, from a very young age, it was really funny. My neighbor the other day, she called and said, from growing up, she called and said, I saw Rock the Block and it's just beautiful. Everything was amazing. And she was like, it's so funny. I was telling, she was telling her husband, Keith used to build all the playhouses. He was the playhouse kid. <laughs> and so the neighborhood, all the kids would come over on Saturday and Sunday and we'd build playhouses all over the neighborhood. Aww. And from a very young age, I loved houses and my parents added on every summer that they were teachers. And every summer we would have a house addition and they wow. were talking about it and it just, I love it. It's so creative. It's business side. You get the business elements that are super fun. And then you get the creative side. It's just, it's so much fun. It is Evan, kind of, yeah. Evan, what about you? How did you get into this? Um, so I actually met Keith in graduate school. 
um, I was getting um, my PhD in physics when we first met. You're the PhD. Okay. I got it. You do or is no, did, you have the, I, oh, I yeah, knew one of yeah. you had the PhD and I wasn't, I couldn't remember which one you're the one. Yeah, I'm the one. <laughs> and, <laughs> um, and so when I graduated, I, it was kind of in this fork in the road in my life. I was like, do I want to continue on with that? Or we had flipped a few houses at that point while I was still in school. And so it was kind of which path we want to go. I obviously chose the flipping path. Um, and so here we are, but yeah, I basically learned on the, on the job pretty much. So impressive. I'm shocked to know that neither one of you have a background kind of in this just because of what you've put into, to rock the block so far. And what I've seen on bargain block, um, that feature wall last week was chef's kiss. Yeah. (laughs) I, I want to know kind of like how, how I want to know how the jump was made from from meeting each other in Colorado to then bargain block. I mean, I, I know there was a lot of time in between, but how did bargain the, the show idea of bargain block come around? So we were flipping in Colorado and I say flipping lightly. We did two houses in two years. One of them we were living in full time. The other one wound up briefly living there part time. But they were big projects. Um, one was at 11,000 feet up in the mountains. It just never stopped snowing. It was just <laughs> insane. It's like permanent just winter. Permanent winter. And it was very expensive in the Denver area to flip. We were kind of flipping outside of the area in, in Idaho Springs. Yeah. After uh, we actually sold that second house, we yeah. were looking for our next house. And then that's when we kind of realized that we just didn't have enough money to actually do this here. I mean, what is sustainable to do it properly would have had to have like at least a million dollars. Yeah. Um, what, what year was that? If you don't mind me asking. 2016. Okay. 2017 is when we moved. So yeah. Very hot area. Denver. Very hot market. Yeah. yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. I mean, it was just on fire. It's still, I mean, fire. still is, but yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. It was, yeah. it kind of culminated with the story of our realtor who I love dearly there, but she called me one day and she was like, I have the best deal ever. You're not going to believe this. And I was like, what, what? She was like 300,000 golden. I'm like, well, it was, okay, it was evergreen, right? Well, it was yeah. kind of golden. It was, yeah. it was more golden. So we <laughs> were kind of expecting, she was like, it's got a great potential, blah, blah, blah. We go to this house. I'm not kidding you. There was not a single stud inside left. There was nothing of value in this house. And I was sitting there and she was like, so excited about 300,000. I was like, we're about to put 300,000 in something that we're going to put another 300,000 in. And that's before I mean, given, yeah, they'll sell super fast, but you have to have a bank. You have to have a lot of capital. Just crazy. Which we did not have. Which we did not have. (laughs) So So, sort of like high stakes poker or blackjack, like you, you'd want to bet $5, not, not 50. No, we're the ones walking around at, you know, the casino looking for the $5 crap table. That's my, that's my idea of fun. (laughs) Let's, I, I hear you. A really good time. You get some free drinks with that. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. So <laughs> you, go, so you went to stuff. Detroit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we Keith did a lot of research on what markets we could afford, right. and we eventually settled on Detroit because um, it was essentially looked like pretty much the cheapest one that you could get, which is what which is what we needed. Mm-hmm. So um, we made the move there and started flipping. That worked so here. I should, I should say it worked really way better than I ever expected. It was one of those things where it was clear after the first house that a, we had something that was so desperately needed in the market, which was affordable luxury. Essentially there's such a need for 
a little bit of thought and a little bit of design in a starter home. Like, is that so much to ask for? I really yeah. don't think it is, but I, I don't think we realized how passionate our buyers were and how, how underserved that particular market was. And then add on that it's an underserved area that is then got its own issues all wrapped up. As we got into the Detroit market, we realized how much there was just a lot of problems. The appraisals are super unfair. Um, there's just, you know, there's just a lot of issues that have not been addressed and, you know, you kind of see that and it becomes more like a passion project. So I really love how different it is from every other HGTV show out there. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the ones that focus on these ritzy areas on the coast or whatnot, um, you guys are buying houses for four or $5,000 and you're fixing them up on a limited budget and you're selling them for under a hundred thousand. Like, I just think that's fantastic. And the finished product looks beautiful and yeah, it's providing homes to this really underserved market. And it's just, I, I just love it. It's just so different. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, there is a reason why a lot of the other shows are in those more, more expensive markets because it's a lot easier. The profit margins are much better. Yes. <laughs> um, you know, from a business standpoint, it's a lot easier to right. flip and, you know, in like a California market, there's financial products that will help you. There are no mm-hmm. financial products for these type for these types of houses. You just have mm-hmm. to have straight cash. Yeah. If they fall um, below the threshold of what normal flip lending will offer. And so it makes oh, my job even harder. Thankfully, yeah. We have somewhat of a network of, of investors that are just su- super passionate about helping us. And so we always are happy when they are willing to do so. We, it's been probably the biggest struggle is finding financing to be able to expand this mm-hmm. really outside of what the show capacity is, which is, you know, we have those houses that we focus on. And, you know, the, the main problem is the, fi- the funding for that. It's just it's such, again, a missed opportunity for you know just because it's a low end or smaller loan doesn't mean that they can't be profitable there needs to be some product that's developed to help these really low end areas where they can get to a more established you know price per square yeah i mean there's there it's when you sort of dive into it it's it becomes obvious why these areas have struggled to ever get beyond where they were at because Mm -hmm. there's no investment opportunity really because there's no financial products um there's appraisals that Unfair constantly appraisals. come in low so that, and then, and in that buyer pool of around a hundred thousand, those people don't have lots of cash usually no. to, to meet in, in appraisal gap, which is how you have to raise comps in, right. in an area. Someone has mm-hmm. to come, come to the table with cash. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you have the, all these factors kind of compounding and it just, you know, it's makes perfect sense to me why these areas have never really risen. Rick, they struggle yeah, to rise they've, really, they've really struggled for a lot so more it's disproportionate to the way other areas are able to find funding for projects in this kind of you know like these houses are abandoned they they are salvageable most of them but they're totally upside down right. on the on the economics because you have a house where the reno cost is far sometimes than. 70 times what the purchase cost is <laughs> right, right. It's totally the opposite of what a yeah. lender mm-hmm. wants wants to see yeah. And then anyway, just, it's just interesting challenges. There's just a lot of challenges. Quick question. I don't know if you can answer this, but it's called bargain block, not bargain house. I know you guys say that you buy up all or most of the houses on the block. Do you do that at the same time? Or is it like one by one as they come up for sale? Like what's the. 
So we're always looking for houses. Um, the abandoned houses really are tending to be clumped together. So that's what we're, or what we're Got looking it. for. I okay. think the big thing that we always have to keep in mind is the word gentrification. Like if we're displacing anybody that is in a, a stable house, I don't think that that's a, an option for us. Like we avoid that. We haven't done that. We have strictly tried to stick to either people that are willing to sell their house or an abandoned home. And 90% mm -hmm. of the houses wind up being abandoned because that's all we can afford. But if you are able to take six or seven in a block of 20 houses that are all abandoned and raise those, then that levels out the playing field of the rest of the houses. In fact, we wound up exiting two markets too in this little area of Detroit because the price per square foot got to a point where we didn't want to participate in any more rise. Like it was too, yeah, it was too it, high. Right. And what happens is it may not displace anybody. Thankfully, Detroit is very smart about property tax adjustments. So they have, they understand the city very much understands how the tax appraisal works. They have made really, I think, great adjustments for that to curb any kind of say like gentrification. If that where people are happening. Like where they fall behind on taxes right. and, have, and wind up and get then they have to sell their house. Yeah. That's the exact opposite of what we want to see that destabilizes the neighborhood. And that is, that is not good. Bringing an abandoned house back up to a livable state and getting somebody in there that stabilizes all the houses on the, on the area. And it also helps lift the values of the houses around them. Because so. that's one of the things that is so important for generating wealth for right. people is that your home is your biggest asset right. usually. Mm -hmm. And in a lot of these neighborhoods, they're being told that their home is essentially valueless. valueless. Yeah. They um, own a home just and like that's you just because there's no comps to give right. them value. So wow. you cross the street yeah. and you go past eight mile, you have a very different appraisal for the exact same house. You have the same exact bungalow, same square footage across the street. The value is 225 a foot, whereas you cross a road, it's 80 a foot. And yeah. people are saying, you know, like, how yeah. is that fair? That's not fair. It's, it's not, not fair. I'm sure that's <laughs> happening in, in markets across America, obviously yeah. not just Detroit. Yeah. No, no, um, it's definitely probably, I'm sorry, back yeah. towards rock. <laughs> no, it's, no, it's, <laughs> I, I do have sorry. one more question about bargain block and then we will move on to rock okay. the block unless Natalie has something and else. But I am glad that we are digging into this though, because this is a very relevant, like topic yeah. for this day and age in the state of the real estate yeah. market so it i is. absolutely even though this is like a fun lighthearted show sure. like i am glad that we're talking about this yeah well, it's a serious issue and i think yeah. there's i think there's an opportunity to put the word out there that maybe somebody is paying attention on this podcast and will present a product that could actually help fund there this. are or knows of something there are that we some don't, new We've actually worked right. with uh, with Rocket Mortgage a little bit, and they have come out with a new product that is attempting to bridge like appraisal gaps, which is one one of the major issues that's stopping yep. comps from rising. So people are there is some steps happening. Yeah. We feel and, progress. And just this this isn't for like the pod, but Realtor.com. Our, our company is working on a fair housing initiative and yeah. I would love to share all of this with them. We we're putting together kind of like a microsite where oh, cool. people can get help and information and whatnot about that, because this is, this is really important to us as like one awesome. of our, um, missions and goals. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're talking we have, about it. It's crucial. Yeah, we had a lot of on the ground ex experience with what these types of markets are like. I, I could tell you some stories from appraisers alone oh that gosh. would make you just want to cry. <laughs> oh I mean, it's sad. It's mm -hmm. and seeing it firsthand makes you mad as hell. I'll just yeah. tell you that. 
So anyway. You guys are sort of in the, I guess, the kind of ugly underbelly of all of this. One of the things that makes your show unique and you guys unique is that you live in the houses that you're working on until you sell them to save money. And then you move on to the next. And there's footage of you guys moving your earthly belongings and shopping carts and whatnot. Is this realistic? Is this really what you do? So Let me if, just tell you. So this. I don't know if you've seen the just... last episode of Bargain Block, but yeah. we did actually move into our current house yes. that you see um, uh, behind us. So in Detroit. Have, yeah. yeah. So we have retired the shopping cart. <laughs> we have, we are <laughs> Were you really now. using it or uh, was that like a theatrical this. thing? There, I'll, I will set the, the, I don't think, hopefully Samantha's not like, oh my God, mute, mute, mute. But <laughs> it's I, okay. We'll cut it if she wants us to. Sure. I did very much use a shopping cart for a good while because at the time we were working on four <laughs> or five houses just around us and it was more so for the pilot. They loved the idea, obviously. So it became something that they were like, you know, it tested really well in the market. So, you know, we're like, if you want to keep using it, go for it. Yeah, they're like, I mean, we do have a truck like, too. We do know? have a truck, so, but they're like, if there's a shopping cart around, like, you know, you're full spit. And, and like, what, so, funny is that a lot of these abandoned houses do actually have all a shopping of cart. All like, of them. Oh, I'm sure. One of them yeah. a so we wind up using a lot. I, honestly, we do use them almost in every house. Honestly, it's kind of crazy now that I think about how often I use one, but they're great for moving stuff around and junk keeps you know go really fast if you have something like that and the wheelbarrow is not always available so they're very useful and I did it was kind of a weird moment but I was like I remember so clearly that moment when that stupid shopping cart came out I'll never forget it now (laughs) I was trying to get a rug plants like three accessory tables down from another house to get a staging ready all of like had to be done in like 30 minutes and I saw the shopping cart I was like oh my god perfect and it was just running down the street with this shopping cart <laughs> and this palm tree and this oriental rug like flapping in the breeze it was like I can see why the producer was like that's gold yeah <laughs> and then there was a camera on you and you're like mm. oh, I just I love the scene of you setting up like your air mattress and then nicely placing a succulent next to it and you're like oh we're <laughs> you- home yeah, we did move. I mean, we lived in a lot of hovels. You for have a long to time. find some like little moment of sanity. You have to find like a plant to take care of in all of that chaos or something to <laughs> because it is really easy to get like you sit down on an air mattress that deflates in the middle of the night and you're like, what am I doing with my life? Well, tell us about keeping your cool on the set of Rock the Block because those days are long. Like you are working. It's not, I think um, when, when you got the text from Ty that said that you had a design challenge, I believe it was Keith that was like, we don't have time to take a break. Ty Ty goes, it's time for a break. Keith goes, we don't have time for a break. (laughs) (laughs) No, these, these these days, like our call times were like 7.30 AM. And that's if you didn't have to do something else, but like before then. Right. So like, that's just like when they need you in front of a camera. Right. right? We had so, like Depot run or like we had, you know, yeah. Home Depot Lowe's run, everything in between that we had to get done before. And then we would go until nine or 10 o'clock at night. Right. Um, or later to like, I mean, if you have to finish something, then you have to finish it. Yeah. yeah I saw um, 
Egypt posted on her Instagram this week, like they were finishing something at like 2 a.m. Like, yeah, I actually remember that. Was that her tile? <laughs> I think it was. There was well, because they had flooding. Exactly. They had flooding that they were dealing with or something. I don't know. I, mean, I didn't and hear about that. That was allowed. You guys were allowed to go in the house at any time. We were not allowed to go in the other people's But houses, let me so. just tell you, my kitchen windows looked right into her kitchen and I am not <laughs> above peeking in there. I, I watched her the entire time. I saw the whole meltdown with the backsplash. I even told Evan, I was like, it's not going good over there. Right? Oh, <laughs> yeah. With the with the stone. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, yes. I, said, she, I, I remember going out there. I think we left at like 10 o'clock that, oh, yeah. that night and she was out there whitewashing all those yeah. all, all those tiles like bye Egypt <laughs> we're like bye girl so, like, and it turned out luck. so good like oh, she she, yeah, she, she turned it around me. oh my yeah. god it was gorgeous no but I you know could see the color from my kitchen and I was like <gasps> it just did not <laughs> it wasn't it was she, not what I she was going looking, for but if I you know, <laughs> it was fun actually I loved having them as a neighbor because it was really fun to just kind of peek out and they were always like right there working. So we got to chat. It was actually really fun to have all of them there. Like, and then you would like just take a stroll down, down the block and you just try and see whatever you could possibly see and like the front windows and stuff. Yeah. We heard, we heard there were some onset antics, uh, some some prankers. Dave, Dave Mars is apparently a big prankster. I guess Dave did a lot of pranks. Um, (laughs) That was kind of, we were, I don't know. We were like just, working on something in our house and I'll be like, miss all of that. We but. were working a lot. <laughs> you guys and, had your heads to the, you t- down in the work. Yeah. <laughs> you were like, I saw something about like a wanted poster and like something happening in one of the porta potties or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty funny. I luckily didn't have to see the porta potty no. one. <laughs> They're all so much fun. We really, I, I say, we definitely left with a group of friends. That was like summer camp, but 10 times more fun. It was just a blast. We've always said that would be like so fun to do that, like to go and, and it film. It was actually. Just, it was a lot of work. Like, design camp. Was, yeah. It was so fun. The design camp aspect of it, that's what it kind of turned into. My, mine was like a big summer art camp. Like that's what yeah. I wanted. Um, it, yeah. It, I, we, we love you guys because you, out of all the teams, are taking the most risks. Uh, you're not afraid to. And as viewers, we appreciate that. Like it's fun to watch (laughs) almost to the degree that it almost seems like you don't care that much. If you win, you just want to be true to yourselves. Although I'm sure the fact that you haven't won a challenge yet probably is brutal. How have you dealt or how did you deal with that? I don't, I don't know whether you win an upcoming challenge or, or not, but how did you kind of push through and continue going? Um, I mean, Keith, he's just, Keith is just his own person and he's not going to just like, he's not just going to, he's not going to be like, okay, fine. We're going to paint this room white and we're going to put in gray tile and a black fixture and no one's going to have anything bad to like say about it. We love That's that. Just not yeah, we we really appreciate that. Modus operandi. <laughs> Keith will just never do that. Will Will Keith yeah. ever do Modern Farmhouse? The answer is probably not. <laughs> you know, I'm gonna. I have done my version of it, and <laughs> I can say that. But it's you know, I just like variety. I will. I always ask Evan when he starts, you know, complaining about some idea that I've had for design. I say. <laughs> Because his immediate response is, what is everybody going to think? Obviously, as a Leo, he's just... That's <laughs> as a Leo, or just as like a person who wants a successful business. <laughs> or a Leo. It's just how he thinks. What is everybody going to say? My mother was a Leo. I know what it's like. So I always tell him, would Kelly Wurstler care what anybody thinks of her design? No. 
I don't care. Leanne doesn't care. I'm not saying I'm anywhere near there, but you know, like Leanne Ford, of course. Yeah. Yes. If you're passionate about design and I am, whether I'm training it or not, I think that is what it's about like passion and I am learning. I want to learn more. And this was the experiment of a lifetime. I mean, you can't get a better experience. And I think we that. did learn a lot, actually. I learned so much. We're, I mean, I think if we were to do it again, I think we would do, we would do a lot of stuff differently. Um, oh, yeah. well, what would you do differently? I mean, oh I just, gosh. I mean, it obviously depends <laughs> on the house, right? Well, you first can't really closet. say that. Definitely. We wouldn't drop, we wouldn't drop the closet ball. That's no, for sure. But... I could see like, that's, that'll be the most ridiculous closet you've ever seen yeah. ever. Yeah. <laughs> if there's um, ever the redemption challenge, but. But just like certain things yeah. about like, I thought what Egypt did with the entryway was like really she was smart. So smart. And how she added all that. There was a ton of square footage. Yeah. And it was actually extremely well laid out. I never, it never even occurred to me. And, and when I saw it in real life, I was like, oh, there is a reason why we didn't do that, which you'll yeah. see in the future episodes. But yeah. okay. I think overall she made like a better choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Because so. the garages are all detached. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. they made theirs yeah. attached, which was, yeah. yeah so we left brilliant. it separate on purpose for next week's episode. But, mm, um, but like now that I'm thinking about it, like it probably would have been smarter just to do what she did. Like, yeah. so there's just lots of things that I think we would do differently depending on the floor plan of, of the house. Yeah. Um, in terms of adding as much square footage as possible and just Probably. maybe thinking a little bit more how, I don't know. I mean, how, how still... normal people think maybe. <laughs> I'm not sure. how. No, I can't it, do but... that, but I will, I will say I would focus more on, you know, the value add, I think a little bit, but I'm still, I have so many more ideas now on design. I now have this new idea that uh-huh. would be just like, <laughs> I just, that's so fun to be able to come up with your wildest dream and somebody from HGTV is like, Oh yeah, I'll write a check for that. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, Oh, you have this budget of $225,000. Yeah. And you made an excellent point, Keith, in the last episode, when you guys were putting together your, your design for the room, you're like, yeah, sure. This is a show about value add, but who says design, good design can't add value. Like, why are we not judging that? And I, I agree. It's hard because it's subjective. <laughs> but... Keith agrees with his own statement. <laughs> <laughs> I strongly support that statement that I made. <laughs> Good job, Keith. No, I, I was, yeah, like that shower, I was telling, like, I, that's the type of shower that you would see in like an AD spread that like yeah. a very wealthy person would commission because they have the money to commission it and they want I'm something that this. you're never going to see in any other bathroom. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I would I mean, thank you. I mean, at the end of the day, like, you know, here's what I guess my goal in all of this is like, you don't get an opportunity like what we've been given often. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take advantage and try to stand out a little bit, I mean, to me, what a missed opportunity, you know, like that's kind of what we wanted to do is was create a space that, that kind of took a risk. And Keith just, like he's it's just his personality to do whatever he's feeling passionate about in that moment right yeah. and so thinking about like oh well what's the mass appeal like that just kind of like sucks all the passion out of him so yeah. <laughs> i don't think he'll he's ever gonna full go full on in that 
direction. You know, but I, I also say at the same time, it's not like, you know, I don't think it's so outlandish or garish that, you know, the majority of the people wouldn't be able to appreciate the design that was put into it. They may not find it their taste, but I don't think many people, hopefully many people would be like, oh, it's hideous. You know, like, I, I hope that's not the case. It may not be for everybody, but I, I think what's important is to showcase that we are passionate about it and we poured our heart into it. Yeah. And I think people, all, yeah, the people always appreciate passion. Yeah, so. I do. I know when I see somebody that's passionate about their job, it's just so endearing. It is really, you know, it's fun to see that. Yeah. Ty, Ty Pennington's passionate about his job. It must've been fun to, to be with him on set. Is Ty is very kind. He's Every so time that kind. we lost, he was always being sure that we didn't feel too bad about it. He was the first one right there that was like, guys, but you did really great. We're like, thank you, Ty. We know what you're doing, but we, you know that. Thank you. Well, because he, <laughs> I mean, he on Battle on the Beach, like he is very much like a art for art's sake kind of guy too. He's an artist. So yeah, I didn't yeah. really know that until I met him. I but. didn't either. And he's actually a fascinatingly creative artist. It's yeah. not yeah. surprising now that I've met him. You know, there's like, I feel like that's one thing about Ty is he has, he has TV Ty, which is, I love TV Ty. It's what we all know, <laughs> but behind TV Ty, like on a one-on-one, he's, I'm not saying he's, he's different. He's not like two-faced or anything. But there's like this gentleness and this kindness there that was so surprising. And I grew up with Ty. Like, I hope that doesn't sound bad, but I uh, no, we grew, we we did. <laughs> okay. I think we're probably yeah. all around the same age. Ty, I love you. <laughs> um, I grew up with him, and meeting him in person was one of those moments where, if it didn't go well, it was like, Ugh. you know, because that's happened. I've met a couple of people now. We haven't met a ton of famous people, but I've met a couple of famous people, and it's like, you know, sometimes they say it's better not to meet your heroes. He was the exact opposite. It was just like, I was expecting him to be yelling at me the whole time, but he was so kind and so mm. sweet and just unbelievably supportive and always right when you needed it. Yeah, it was really, I loved him. It was I love cool. him. I'm so glad that he's back on our TVs as much as he is. I know. I love it too. It just makes yeah. me feel young again. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> he hasn't really aged actually. It's somehow... <laughs> Like, I don't yeah, <laughs> aging backwards. It must be. Yeah, he. I mean, he's he's clearly a man in love. So it's maybe oh. that's that's helping. But no, he's. Yeah, we love Ty. Love um, Rachel, were there any other questions that you wanted to ask about, like bargain block? Or... I mean, I have a million always. Should we ask some like rapid fire um, questions about Rock the Block? Sure, go for sure. it. All right, favorite moment. Favorite yeah. moment of Rock the Block would be Jenny headbanging on the last night of the reveal. She was dancing to some song, like it was some hair band from the eighties, but <laughs> she was whipping her hair. I have a video of it. Jenny Mars. Jenny I love Mars. Keith, you have up. to send it to us. Might. We love Jenny. I we love won't it. post it or anything. We just, we will, but <laughs> ask Jenny first. Jenny Mars has two boyfriends in Detroit. I love her. <laughs> yeah. She was so much freaking fun. Oh my God. So Every. Nice. It's so nice, but it was so funny that night. We all had Dave, of course, had bourbon. He always has bourbon. I don't know where he stashed uh, it. Yeah, bourbon. Man after my own heart. A few <laughs> shots of bourbon drunk. And before you know it, Ty was dancing around in a circle and then there was headbanging. And it was just a wild time. And it was just so surreal to stand there and watch all these TV people. I'm like, this is wild stuff, you know, like wild stuff. And they're all normal. They're like, so yeah. Normal. 
It was my wild. favorite moment I can't talk about because you have to wait for it. On- Spoiler oh. alert. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, <laughs> so smart. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, that All was right. A very rapid fire. I'm so sorry. No, <laughs> no, I, no. This is what I. This is what we're looking for. Uh, scariest moment or moment when you had the most, uh, I don't know, anxiety. My scariest moment is being judged by Nate and Jeremiah. <laughs> My oh, scariest moment I was Allison yeah. Victoria. I really. <laughs> oh. But she was very sweet. She was, and and so were Nate nice. and Nate. And- that would scare me too we rachel loves allison victoria i mean i do too we love love jeremiah too but uh, yeah and nate and jeremiah but no that would be intimidating i live i was very intimidated by nate and jeremiah because they're like we're like i mean talk about the difference of like self-taught versus like professional you know professional went to the design school oh yeah yeah yeah. has a phd in design oprah like i don't oprah (laughs) university of oprah i watched him on oprah i was like that's what i want to be and oh my god like i ordered this but i got this (laughs) and then he judged me that was terrifying that was was he nice though Oh my god, so nice. What which rooms did they judge? Which rooms were they were they judging? Next, next week's episode. Next week. So the, and the frog. Wildest, yeah. Wildest okay. design is next week. And it's the big variant. So yeah. next week is Brit Vibe from the rest of the house. And you know, Nate and Jeremiah, they love some creams and they love some white. <laughs> they love their neutral palettes. They love the neutral. They do. Yeah, and you don't give them neutral palette. That space no, was not neutral. I mean, because <laughs> you've been loving like throughout the house. It's been peaches. It's been blush. It's I been very warm. Things. Yeah, we were going for like an Adobe modern yeah. primitive type thing for the main house, and then yeah. got, that comes through oh, <laughs> with you. the thank curves. You. The yeah, the yeah. curves. And, I yeah. said New Mexico vibes. That's what I was uh, getting. So his mom lives outside of Sedona. So it was kind of bringing in some of those. And then well, Charleston has, has a lot of Adobe huge, churches on so like many. in the down, at least the, ex, at least the exteriors are. Yeah. And we were and really influenced by that when we yeah. were in Charleston. It was fun mm-hmm. to mix both because Charleston in so many ways had some of those vibes of that kind of like almost Spanish influence it felt like, but and that was our first time in Charleston. So it was like a whole experience with the architecture. And I, I spent like the first week there just kind of absorbing what I felt Charleston was. And that I feel like mm. that's, I tried to bring a little bit of who we were as like what we loved and then bring in some Charleston. And it just, it was like, it was really clear that that peachy blushy tone was just everywhere in Charleston and it just worked. So Yeah. it It's, I mean, it's definitely popular, like, we're seeing it in, in design and stuff. Um, yeah. and it's more interesting to see than just stark white. So, so thank I, you. Know, neutral gray. <laughs> I neutral love gray. white. I have white has its total place. We actually it. paint most of our houses. white. Most I, mean, I love white. The majority. It's a crowd pleaser. Yeah. It's like a 95% of our houses are white. Yeah. yeah. But you know, it's one of those things where if you do white, right, it is like really perfect, but I feel like a lot of people missed it the way to accessorize white is to keep it limited on your color palette. Otherwise it just kind of drifts off. And, you know, Leanne Ford really nails the white vibe to me. And I feel like, yes, cream. Yeah. From that, if you're not already. 
Totally. Um, I can't wait to see next week. I can't wait to see. I'm going to be looking at you guys' faces during judging and, and knowing that you're shaking in your boots. <laughs> it was yeah. a wild one. I mean, I'm nervous to watch the episode, honestly. Mm. That one probably. <laughs> oh, you I, haven't seen it yet? No. no, we don't see them before. We see them with everybody else. It's just so terrifying. <laughs> We're sitting there like, well, thankfully now we don't really watch with people. We watch the first one with people and then the other ones we can like take a moment to like absorb what happened. But the first one you're watching and you're like, oh man, I hope they don't edit me like, like I'm crazy or. <laughs> Have they been pretty true to like, like you've gotten a pretty true edit? Like they haven't yeah, done anything. So. Yeah, very they much. Work. They work a lot and yeah. they make stupid comments apparently. So. <laughs> <laughs> Those they are gold. No, yeah. yeah, they seem to hone in on our little like comments. So, <laughs> um, those editors. I know this. They're very funny. It is so wild to watch. We actually that. did the majority of our rock the block time was spent sanding and staining. It became a joke on set, and, but like, like there's very little of that in the final show. But like they were kept like joking. Like we only had eight hours of of sanding can, can we get it to 10 like we don't have enough footage <laughs> I think it became like a joke of there was so we did so much woodwork in that house that it was just out eight some days it was literally eight out and when we weren't our days off were spent there just sanding sanding and sanding <laughs> we just it was so much work because that like I said that was a big house that was a huge house huge like 3,500 square feet right so crazy yeah it was just wild to me so anyway that was fun though gosh I love Loved that part of it. Anyway, well, <laughs> once again, not rapid fire. Oh yeah. Shit. Oh no, 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 no. it's fine. <laughs> um, I mean, I could, I could keep going, but Natalie, is there anything you wanted to? No, I mean, I think we're stoked to see how the rest of the season plays out. Um, I hope you guys get a win. You deserve it. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just one. That was so much. <laughs> You just well, nonetheless, you guys have been like a, sh- a ray of sunshine on our screen. Yeah. So we just, Aww. we just love it. And we're so Your happy attitude. that we got to talk to you. Oh, Absolutely. It's yeah. been a pleasure. We're on your um, site quite a bit. So <laughs> <laughs> we love to hear it. Awesome. Um, well, thank you so much for joining us and yeah, catch new episodes of rock the block um, on HGTV or discovery plus they air on Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern mm-hmm. slash whatever Eight your time zone is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and Bargain Block will resume when? This summer. Yep. Okay. June 8th-ish. Well, it's there's the well, day, but... unofficial. There's no official yeah, finished filming, so we be... don't know. <laughs> oh. 2022 summer. Yeah. Something yeah. to look forward yeah. to, for sure. Right. We'll have to have you back and talk a lot more about that. Yeah, absolutely. Thank, Thank you, guys. You Super nice to meet you guys. That was fun. Super Thank nice to meet you. Thank you so much. Awesome. Right. Thank you. Right. Bye. Bye, Bye, guys. And that's it for House Party. Thank you so much to our guests, Keith and Evan. We had such an awesome time talking with you and hearing about your design, inspiration, and all the wonderful things you're working on. If you like what you heard today, you can subscribe to House Party on your device, on your uh, favorite podcast app, the app that you're probably listening to this show on right now. Um, And then if you have an extra moment, if you could give us a five-star rating and write a review, that would be awesome. We love getting your feedback and uh, we we humbly thank you for, for the time that you spend doing that. We do humbly thank you. And if you would like to give us feedback in a different way, you can always... Uh, get us by email you can email us at podcast at realtor.com or you can find us on social media 
We are on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and our handle is at House Party Pod. Yep. Thank you again for hitting play, and we will catch you later. Bye. Adios. <laughs>